brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Somewhere in Vegas here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Mark Piquet. I'm host today. I'm very privileged to have a uh, a comedian that's performing over here at the L.A. Comedy Club over at Bally's. Um, you guys can check him out on Twitter at Comedian Trick. Um, also, S-T-R-I-X-X. Um, and uh, Trick's World on, on, uh, the, on website. His website is Trick World. Dot com. You guys can check them out. I said over at Bally's this week. We are on with the comedian trick right now. How you doing, trick? Blog blog talk radio. That she sounds sexy. Who's that? I uh, tell you the truth, I've never met her in person. <laughs> <laughs> I like but, her. Uh, I like your voice. Blog talk radio. Good. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Uh, not much. Um, it was. It sounds like by the sounds of it, it was a good trip over here to um, to Vegas. Yeah, dude, you never told me that it was going to be this hot in Vegas. <laughs> like, well, I, what do you feel like I couldn't get, I couldn't get from the, the the airport, like the car, to like I was walking to the car with my luggage, and I couldn't even get to the car. Like, I literally ran in his car. As like, you take the luggage. Normally, I could do my own luggage. I was like, hey, you take the luggage, and I just jumped in his car for refuge because I didn't know it was that hot in Vegas. Like I'm not leaving I mean, my hotel until the sun goes down. Yeah, um have have you um you know, is this um I don't think this has been your first time here in Vegas performing, right? No, I've been here before. Okay. Yeah, you just haven't been here during the summer. <laughs> no, I have not. And I did I well I mean hot is good. I prefer hot I hot than cold, but Jesus. Yeah, yeah yeah, you're actually you're originally from Canada as well, so you know cold. Oh, we know cold. <laughs> You know, um, tell us a, yeah, tell us a little bit about how you got started in comedy. Uh, well, I mean, I used to be a DJ first. You know what I mean? I was uh, I was DJing, and um, so being in front of a lot of people wasn't really a, an issue for me. And I remember after DJing, you know, I used to I used to crack jokes with the waitstaff and and everybody, and you know, it was just one of those things where you know the classic tale of you know you should do this, you should do stand up and. 
you know, I started late because, you know, I was afraid to, I guess everybody was afraid to fail, but I was afraid to fail. I remember I called an amateur line. Back in Canada, we have a chain called Yuck Yucks. I'm pretty sure you've heard of Yuck Yucks. Um, big, big comedy chain in Canada. And I remember um, I called to find out how to get on amateur night. And uh, the woman was giving me the instructions and stuff. And then it, right at the end of the phone call, she was like, but, you know, just so you know, don't be discouraged if you get booed because, Jerry's, you know, Jerry Seinfeld and Jim Carrey, they've, they've been booed as well. So don't be scared. Don't be ashamed if you've been booed. I'm like, that's not how you encourage me to do this. So that added five years to me doing comedy. And then I finally decided to do it. Well, you know, um, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and ask the question early since you already brought it up. Um, obvi- obviously, you know, at, at some points during your career, you've you've bombed. Um, have you learned from those experiences? Um, I think if if you don't bomb, you're not good, man. Like you got to bomb, and uh, bombing is a winning situation. A lot of comics think that when you bomb, it's the end of the world. But it's a winning situation because it's it's letting you know you're doing something wrong. And I mean, if you love what you do. Nothing beats being told what you're doing wrong so that you can fix it and be better. So, I mean, I always take positives from being bombed. I, You know, if I taped it, most times if I taped the recording, just go back and listen to it and this is what you did wrong and just try and come back with, with better jokes. It's pretty much that simple. Now, um, you know, what was probably, probably the hardest thing? Well, you, you said that, you know, you've been in front of a crowd before. Was, um, you know, what was probably the hardest thing? For you to uh, to um, adapt to when you were um, becoming a comedian, uh, how broke we are—that's hard to adapt to. When we first start out, we're broke. Um, you know, eating on the road and, and and stuff. We don't really comics don't make a lot of money. So for all of you guys that think that it's you know uh, glamour and glitz right from the beginning, I got news for all of you: prepare to be broke. Prepare to lose relationships. Prepare to fight with your wife or your girlfriend. Prepare for all this because it's not as glamorous as you think it is from the beginning. I mean, it's rewarding because you're doing what you love. And as you get better and as you you know you start to make a name for yourself, obviously your money goes up. But um, it's hard to adapt to just you know the, the money you get. We get paid crappy. You probably got paid better as a DJ. Oh, yeah. I mean, even when you're starting out as a DJ, you get paid better than starting out as a comic. I've done shows for 20 bucks, you know, 20 minutes of material, and I'm, I'm, you leave with $20, and that's like barely gas money, you know, in this day and age. But, I mean, I, I think I think it's all part of the work process because if you love what you do, it's not always about the money. I mean, eventually it does have to be about the money. But we, all got pay, we all got bills to pay, but, you know, just be, just understand you got to get used to the struggle of being a comedian first before you enjoy like its perks. And and it gives you it gives you a lot of road stories too, you know. Um, you know, you know, you some of the probably some of the some of the uh the worst places, you know, in America to do a comedy, you've probably done them. Oh, so there's endless material. Oh my god. I mean, one thing about being a comic is it's, it's being a comic is like a, an entire new life story. I mean, from from some of the places you've played, some of the towns you've visited, you're going to play some really crappy gigs in your career. So, I mean, be prepared, man. Be prepared to deal with... 
Yeah, um, have you know how how has it been to uh, to write material? Obviously, you know when you were kind of coming into this, you kind of you kind of dove in uh, both feet first, as it were. Um, and how's it how's it been been to um, write jokes early on and kind of d- develop your material and um, you know um, kind of uh, learn your craft, as it were. Well, you know what, man, I, I feel like I'm still finding my voice because. In your first year of comedy, in your very first year, you, you always think that it's just about being funny. You feel like you just have to kill on stage. You know, you write material, but your material isn't, it, it, you don't dig deep enough. It's always about, like, whatever is the funniest thing, whatever gets you to laugh, you go with that. But, you know, as you start to develop and as you start to play different crowds and as you start to work with different comedians, like, I've had the pleasure of working with, you know, uh, you know Tracy Morgan and and uh, Entertainer and Mike Epps and Louis C.K. and you know I've had the you know Sugar Sammy and I, and I've you know worked with Russell and you get to really you get to really really see how a comedian really works and how they come up with material and then it, it almost encourages you to kind of pull from your own material, pull from your own life because it's easy to do a Facebook joke. Everybody has a Facebook joke. And then you become generic, and everyone's like, oh, that's kind of hacky, because, you know, how many comedians talk about Facebook? Or how many comedians talk about cell phones? But let's let's pull from your own life. Nobody can tell your story better than you, you know? So, you know, lately, as of late especially, I, I write more personal. I write more my views. Because I look at some of the great comics that I enjoy, and that all their best material is their point of view about stuff. So... I, I like to, I, I've kind of, I'm heading in that direction in terms of writing. It's, it's more my feelings and how I feel. And sometimes it's not always going to be funny, but that's the best comedy when you're able to say what you want to say. And and tell a story, you know. I think a lot of comedians early on will um, think that they want to have, you know, maybe a couple of funny one-liners or very short jokes, but um, a lot of the pros nowadays... Um, do a, you know, a good setup uh, story set, uh, which can, you know, has little, little like little um, jokes, you know, to kind of build to a bigger joke, which is uh, I think is brilliant. Um, so I mean, it, it's interesting to, to see how a uh, comedian develops um, his or her writing style um, early on versus um, maybe what they do a couple years down the line and they start to realize kind of where that where that kind of leads. So it's it's well, interesting well, to say. The least. Yeah, I mean, anybody could. It's not it's not easy to write a joke because when you're writing a joke, it's just you a pad and a pen. You don't know what's gonna you know you know you don't know what's gonna make the crowd react. I mean, you have it in your head where the crowd should laugh, but it doesn't always work out that way. That's kind of the cool thing about comedy. So sometimes a lot of your jokes get written on stage. You know, when you're working it out and you're kind of just you know trying stuff out. And then you're, you know, so a lot of comedians record their sets. You can go home and kind of see where the comics laughed and or where people laughed, and 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 kind of tweak it from there. I mean, joke writing is is, is a fun process because it's your it's you sharing your thoughts, but sometimes the audience kind of dictates where you go from it or where you go. Sometimes the audience may make you dig deeper, or sometimes when you're on stage, you you know, you come up with like a whole new angle. You know, just watch it. Like I, I remember one time um, I was watching Dave Chappelle. Uh, he came to Toronto and he did three shows, but the three shows was him basically layering material. And I went to two of those shows, so it was very interesting to see the progression 
from one night to the next of his material and how it evolved and of what the changes he made and, and, you know, how he tweaked the material. It's very interesting to watch how, I love watching how, you know, big comedians do that because it's very intriguing to me how he takes something that was really small and by the end of, you know, the third night, it was like this whole new amazing bit. And, I, and, I, and that actually fascinates me in a sense. Yeah, I mean, comedians, you know, one of the thing one of the things about comedians is that they can be able to have the ability to adapt. Um if if not the next day, you know, maybe the next second or the next, you know, few seconds. Cuz if they they could probably you, know, you have to kind of read your audience and know kind of where everything's kind of going. You also got to kind of read the crowd yeah. to see which way they're going too. So, well, um you know, one of the best one of the best advice that was ever given to me is, you know, sometimes you can't live and die by a set list, man, you know, like a lot of comics live and die by a set list. And that that's one of the the beauties of the fact that I was a DJ because when you're a DJ, you have to learn how to read your crowd. If you're playing music that they don't like, and like you always have to keep everyone dancing, and if, and if you know if you see that people are kind of like walking away from the dance floor, they're not really feeling the music. You have to know when and where to change the music and how to change it to keep them dancing consistently. And that's the same thing with comedy. Like you have to be able to walk into a room and know, okay, this crowd is kind of older, so I can't really do this, and this crowd is very young and drunk, so I I, I can't talk about this. You know, you have to know how to read a crowd a lot. You'd be surprised how many comics just live and die by their set act. Yeah, you know, I, I had a DJ, a local DJ uh, on here, uh, DJ Adriana, and she was talking the exact same thing, you know, that, you know, when she goes goes into a party or, um, you know, goes into a club, um, she needs to learn how to adapt. Sometimes what she'll do is she'll she'll inter- interject, you know, maybe certain different songs, like um, you know, if it's a little bit more high energy or whatever, once in a while he'll she'll put in an old school uh, an old school rap or something like that to kind of uh, mm-hmm. you know kind of mellow you know kind of not mellow it out but you know to kind of you know change it up a little bit um, and kind of change Shout the energy just a little bit. Shout what? out to her. We need more female DJs. Shout out to DJ Adriana. We need more female DJs or females. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think they're starting to, and uh, she's a local one. I think she's over. Um, I think she's over at the Hard Rock right now. That's what she's she's her, uh, doing her. right now too. So, um, yeah. So shout out to her. Um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, coming from 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 Toronto, because it's very rare I, I get a comedian that comes from um, from north of the border. A lot of the comedians start out over in New York or, or Los Angeles, but yeah. what's the scene yeah. like over in Toronto? Uh, Toronto's pretty cool. I mean, um, there's a lot of places you can, you know, work your materials out. There's a lot of... What's cool about Toronto is it's a very cultural city, very multicultural. So there's, a, there's many stories. I mean, Russell Peters came from Toronto, and that's why he's able to talk so much about race, because he comes from a place where there's just different ethnicities and different people. And, uh, and I mean, it obviously makes for, for amazing material, because you see different cultures every day. Um, the scene is great. There's a lot of comics there. Um, not just in Toronto, the, the, you know, all of Canada has a lot of great comedians. Um, you know, a lot of them don't want to cross the border, so do I. But, um, you know, eventually we end up we end up in the New Yorks and we end up in the L.A.s and, you know, become stronger comedians. But, you know, coming from Toronto is a, is a really good thing because, like I said, many different, many different types of people there, man. So there's always dope stories to tell. Yeah, and Toronto itself has a lot of comedy festivals. Um, you know, I've always seen, like, comedians... Um, you know, even down here in the United States, 
say, you know, um, have you know accolades on their on their websites that say uh, Toronto Comedy Festival or or Montreal Country uh, Comedy Festival as well. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. there's. Yeah, um, you know, I don't think we see that too often. You know, I think we see we see, we see that more often that we have um, festivals on there as well. I know you're going to be back here uh, for the uh, World Series of Comedy uh, coming up yeah, um, yeah. In, in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, it's cool in terms of, of festivals, but I mean, like, I like, I love, that's why I love traveling, because it makes me write very broad. I find that when you, if you stay in Canada, because, you know, Canadians, our comedy is different from, from from Americans and how they do comedies. Americans are more faster, you know, very fast. You know, they give the, they give uh, the audiences the jokes top speed, whereas, you know, Canadians kind of like to, you know, do a setup and then, you know, then the punchline comes in. So structure it a little differently. But I love traveling so that when I write, I could write very broad. You know, I don't just write typically Canadian. And I could write for all audiences. So it's cool going to, like, Colorado and Boston and Philly and Vegas. Vegas is one of those places where if you can really do well here, you can almost do well anywhere because this this is a very touristy place. And you have so many different walks of life in Vegas. So when you're, when you're playing Vegas, and if you can make a Vegas crowd laugh, then... You're well on your way because there's, there's so many different. Kind of reminds you a little bit of Toronto because there's so many different types of people here. Yeah, I mean, you know, you go to New York, and I mean, I hear New York crowds crowds are tough. You know, they're really, really tough to. They can you know, be. They and, be yeah. 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 Go ahead. New York is New York's crowd. Um, they're, they're, I wouldn't say they're, they're too tough. I will say that if they don't like you, they'll let you go. And Toronto is just like that. Toronto's crowd is very tough, too. Um, LA's crowd is very savvy, too. Um, they're a little bit more nicer because, um, you know, I, I know I can't put it in words, but LA gets so many different types of actor-type comedians. There's a lot of actors who go on stage and do comedy. So um, they're a little bit more open to different styles of comedy. They're more, you know, yeah, I guess open would be the best way to put it. But New York's they're a tough city. Very tough. And so they don't want. They don't want to hear bullshit. They want like you have to. You've got to know what you're talking about. You've got to be funny. And you got to be. You got to come with your jokes quick. They don't like to sit there and wait so long for the punchline. That you have to. Like you have to be funny now. That's how they. That's what I like about the other. They kind of make you. You know. Kind of make you sharper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's it's you know I you know I I you know you got to kind of go through that too. I mean, there's a lot of different audiences and all that as well. And um, you know, I hear a lot of comedians that absolutely love to play here in Vegas just because just because of the um, you know the, uh, the aspect of having a kind of diverse crowd coming in from all different parts sure of the, the country. So we sure stop the hookers. I think they want to come out to Vegas. A lot of comics love coming to Vegas because the hookers and the fun. And the drinking on the street. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, any, um, you know, anybody that you looked up to in comedy uh, when you first started out? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's weird. Um, when I was growing up, I used to watch a lot of Eddie Murphy, and I used to watch um, some Bill Cosby. Um, I used to watch some Martin Lawrence, and I used to watch uh, a lot of a lot of the black movies. But now that I'm older. 
and um, I really look, I, I, I really try to, you know, dig into the craft of it all. I've gotten an appreciation for Carlin, um, an appreciation for Louis C.K. I love Louis C.K. now. Um, love Bill Burr, love Chappelle, love Chris Rock. Those are the guys I, if, if you ask me who I study, those are the guys I, I really study. I watch what they, how they, you know, orchestrate their jokes, especially Louis C.K., especially him. Yeah, because you had mentioned earlier that you know you've you've actually performed on um, you know on the same stage as as Louis C.K. Um, as well. I mean, what was it like to kind of you know be able to see him do his craft live? Um, it was scary, man. It was it was, it was scary. He's, it's scary how good he is. Um, I, I when I when I open for people, I don't I don't get the pleasure of them watching me. I think Cedric and um, Mike Epps. Tracy Morgan and Russell are the only people that I've opened for that have actually watched my set before they came on. Um, and to get their feedback, especially Russell. Russell sat me down. Um, and I actually stayed at his house, and uh, I was able to pick his brain about comedy, which is something I, I'll take that over anything, where I can sit with somebody that I look up to and pick their brain. And, you know, and uh, a lot of great advice either with bits and, you know, stuff that I did not need in my set anymore and, and, and stuff like that. It's, it's it's scary performing for those guys, you know, because, you, you know, you look up to them. You know the crowd's not there to see you. They're there to see them, and, you know, you're just the opener, but you still want to make an impression. But when you turn to the side of the stage and you see them watching your set, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, Russell Lewis or, or Cedric or whoever is watching me do my, my thing. And they come off the stage and they shake your head and go, you know, that's a good job, man, and then, they kind of, you know, after the show, they kind of break down your set. It's, it's kind of a cool feeling in a way. Yeah, you know, I I think that, you know, it's an opportunity that a lot of comedians, young comedians need to take, you know. Um, you know, a lot of these veterans, and not, and not a lot of the veterans will sometimes even, you know, even care about it, you know. They'll just do their no, thing. Some of them won't even talk to you. Some of them, some of them won't even know that you opened for them. They wouldn't even know you were there. They'll show up and go right into the dressing room, and they won't even know there was an opener. They just show up through this time to leave. But I've been fortunate to have that experience where, you know, a comic, you know, a comic of their stature was able to sit me down and we were able to talk comedy for like an hour. That's like the best education you could possibly get. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, um, who's who's um, performing with you this week over at the uh, LA Comedy Club? By the way. Oh, uh, Ty Rivera, uh, very ballsy comic. Love that guy. It's my first time working with Ty Rivera. Uh, he's been on, you know, he's done the Comedy Central's and what have you, and, you know, he's done all the specials, and he performs all over the, the, the country. Um, he's a very ballsy comic. Um, says, what he, says what he wants to say, and sometimes he can be a bit too much for an audience, which I, which I truly respect. Um, we're in a business where if you can't say anything, then what are you, what are you doing? You know, and he's uh, very good. If anybody has a chance to come and watch him, I, I definitely think you should. Uh, he's actually very good. Yeah, um, you know, when when you're thinking about, you know, like I said, the World Series, the World Series of Comedy is coming up as well here in Vegas, and um, you're just kind of thinking about, you know, you know, having a big event like that, and, you know, in terms of, you know, kind of thinking about what what you want to do for that. Um, you know, do you have to come in with a little bit of a game plan, and do you do a lot of writing right before maybe a big event like this? Uh, 
I do. I do write. I, I write almost before any big show. Um, with this particular show, I mean, we're performing every night from now till Sunday, so that's kind of nerve-wracking. And I don't want to do the same set. So I always, you know, try to work on work on new stuff and use the stage time to work out new stuff. Um, for uh, the World Series of, of Comedy 2, like, that's that's a little bit more nerve-wracking because those are rounds. You know, that's you're trying to impress judges that you have a certain amount of time. So you have to, you know, really know what you're talking about ahead of time. You can't really plan for that. You have to really know what you're doing. So that's more of a competition. That's more like that's an elimination style kind of thing. So I approach both of them differently. Like tonight, like as soon as I get out full with you, I'm going to go have lunch. I'm going to go over what I did yesterday, and then I'm going to compare it to what I'm going to do today and give the audience that shows up today, you know, some new with some old. Because you never know. Like you may get some people that came yesterday to the show. They may come back, you know, and I, and I hate when people leave going, yeah, I saw this dead, but he did the exact same jokes. What the hell? You know, we comedians, it sucks. We don't get the luxury of singers where, you know, singers could do their do an album you've heard 20 times over. And that's what you go to their concerts for, whereas us, we always have to have something new. So that's my yeah, um tonight. Yeah, I think one one thing, too, is, is that the fact that, you know, I, I've been talking to several comedians as of late saying that, what they'll do is they'll they'll start off with some some good material first, and then you know work in some of the some of the new stuff in, and then try to keep some stuff for the end. Uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get the crowd. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get the crowd to like you first. You gotta get them uh, comfortable, and then uh, you know you could throw in your new stuff in there and see how it goes. But definitely, yeah. definitely gonna give them uh, definitely gonna give them a different show that I gave them last time. Yeah, has you know, has it ever 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 happened where you you wrote a joke and you 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 tried it for the first time out on mm-hmm. stage and it actually actually killed? Um, you know, when you were kind of surprised about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a time where I, I did a show, um, and uh, you know, when we when you go on stage with like new material, your mindset already is it may not do well. Most comedians put that in their head already, so. We almost prep ourselves in case it bombs. So I tried this premise out, and I didn't even I didn't even get to the punchline, and people were dying, and I was like, wow, you know. But you you, you also can't you can't let that let you get comfortable because that's just one crowd, you know. You may, you never know. It could have been a, a good crowd and just laugh at everything, you know. So I, I I keep trying it out in different crowds, but yeah, there was one time where I got like applause breaks off of the premise alone. I was like, Jesus, like I didn't even. I need to give you the meat of the joke yet, but it happens. Well, I mean, that, that's great to hear. And I want to mention you guys can check out Trick over at the L.A. Comedy Club over Valley, so definitely check him out all week. And um, if you don't catch him out this weekend, um, he'll be back here for the uh, World Series of Comedy 2 in, a, I think, what, about roughly a month or so? Oh, yeah. It's going to be, I believe, it's the third week of September. Awesome. Yeah, so... So if you can't make it out, you know, this week or whatever, you guys can check that out as well. And then um, he's um, also going to be coming up back up to, I guess, Canada to uh, be able to do some of his uh, some of his comedy as well. You guys can check out uh, Tricks World. That's T R I X X World dot com, um, and you can be able to see show dates there. Also on Facebook and um, at Twitter at Comedian Trick T R I X X. So definitely check them out there as well. Um, anything anything else coming up or anything else you want to add? Uh, 
Yeah, man. Um, if, any, if there's any aspiring comedians listening to this, man, um, don't stop doing what you're doing, man. Chase the big dream, people. Chase the big dream, and you'll end up in Vegas in Bowie's with hookers. It's a good life. Yeah, because no other no other town can say that they uh, they have um, quality hookers like uh, Las Vegas, I guess. <laughs> I love Vegas, man. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great it's a great time, and and they always treat the comedians very very well here. So they really do, man. It's like you, you kind of I kind of feel like I you know feel like I'm on the same level as like the the guys who are playing you know who are headlining their own rooms, man. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's 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 just awesome to be able to have that as well. So, um, you know, I look I look forward to. Uh, well, I'm hoping I might be able to make it to this one. If not, I'll try to make it out to the World Series and and root you on there as well. So, uh, best of luck to you over at the um, at the at the LA Comedy Club, and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you sometime uh, within the next. Uh, you know, probably within the next year or so, if if not, you know, before you you come on come come back to Vegas. Oh, for sure. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Uh, no problem at all, Trix. And um, and like I said, uh, we'll see you guys over, see you over at the LA Comedy Club. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to you later, Crick. Take care, buddy. Bye. Comedian Trick, everybody. Like I said, check them out at Comedian Tricks, T-R-I-X-X, two X's. Um, so check them out on Twitter and uh, TricksWorld.com. And you guys, like I said, if you can't make it out, uh, to the L.A. Comedy Club here in Vegas. Um, he'll be back with the World Series coming up uh, in September. And you guys can also, if you're not here in Vegas, um, he's going to be doing some shows up in Canada, um, I think over in Toronto and um, Vancouver. Uh, you guys can go to trickworld.com, and you guys can check out um, where he's going to be at. Not sure who I'm going to have on next week. I will let you guys know over at vegaspodcasting.com. Um, we'll probably be another comedian again. I need to start booking my shows a little bit. Uh, we may be shifting to uh, Sundays again uh, during the fall, um, just because we are. Um, my job is having me shift during the fall towards uh, working during the week. So um, I'll let you guys know about that um, over on VegasPodcast.com. You guys can check out a bunch of stuff over there as well. Um, DJ Adriana, um, the interviews up there, I think, and a lot of comedians that I've had over the past couple weeks. Um, it's been a very interesting kind of uh, kind of set, as it were. We'll see you guys coming up next week, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on our regular time on Monday. Um, like I said, I'll have an announcement, hopefully within the next day or so, of who our guest is going to be on VegasPodcasting.com. You guys can also follow us on Twitter at SWIV, at SWIV, and somewhere in Vegas on Facebook. And you guys head, check out our new logo. Thanks, courtesy of Blog Talk Radio for giving us a new logo. Um, a really, really cool looking logo, and um, and it's great to be able to be part of the BTR family for as long as we have. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely check us out next week. It's Monday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and check out all the old interviews at VegasPodcasting.com. For that in mind, we'll see you guys next week. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.